Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, everyone, to episode 189 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Toporek, and today we're going to have a pretty Bulls-centric episode. Fred Hoiberg got fired on Monday, so we are going to talk about that decision and the fallout, the ramifications, what it means for the Bulls moving forward, all that good stuff. Before we get underway, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handle, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter, at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian. My son is getting better at at, uh, jump shooting, so I'm just waiting for him to get drafted by a team that isn't the Bulls. I was going to say, if he stays in college for four years, he could get drafted by the Bulls. Oh, no. And, and then he could have a, co- a new coach every three years until the end of time. It'd be great. Yeah, and, and no issues with the front office whatsoever, because obviously. Right. Yeah, so let's just dive right in, Mort. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so look, the Bulls are not good this year. They're 5-19 and 19 right now. So mm-hmm. on Monday, they made the decision to fire yep. Fred Hoiberg. Sure uh, did. He had... He was still under contract for this year and next year. Mm-hmm. They have promoted associate head coach Jim Boylan to the to replace Hoiberg, presumably permanently, or at least like yeah. it, it doesn't seem like he just has the interim tag on. Like he's just going to be their head coach for the rest of the year, and then maybe they and make ne- maybe next year as well. <laughs> Great. So let's start with Hoiberg. More, do you think he deserved to get fired? Well, okay, so here's the thing. I don't think Hoiberg was a good coach, mm-hmm. but I don't think he got a fair shot either. Like, look, he was given very weird rosters from day one. Like, right. for the first season, he had to more or less inherit the team that Tom Thibodeau had. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then they had to, to murk it up a little bit, and then you had the whole Dwayne wade Rashawn Rondo experiment, which isn't really pace or space. Mm-hmm. And then when they finally hit the big red reset button you know they gave him very little chance to actually succeed right. i mean they they wanted to lose last year he actually won them more games than they probably should have right so i've the, there's just no ounce of logic from chicago side other than you know we didn't want this and mm. this is an excuse to move forward yeah yeah i mean i thought zach Lowe. he you know he wrote a column after hoiberg got fired I thought he did a great job explaining kind of like the whole mess and how this isn't all Hoiberg's fault. 
Mm-hmm. And Ken Berger on uh, Bleacher Report today also had a really good column about it. And it's basically like, look, man, it starts with Gar and Pax. Yeah. Like, you can't blame Hoiberg for having, as you said, the first couple of years, they had rosters that you hire a pace and space coach and then sign Rajon Rondo and Dwayne Wade. Like, you're setting him up to fail. And yep. then you you about face and decide, okay, now we're going to, you know, we're going to trade Jimmy Butler. We're going to start rebuilding. We're going to build around these young prospects. Dunn, Levine, marketing. Levine misses most of last year. Um, they have Nico. <laughs> they have a whole, like, practice fight with Nico and Bobby Portis. Nico comes back, starts winning a bunch of games for them. They trade him immediately. You win too many games, Nico. Get, get out of here. Get out of here. But at that point, they had, like, won enough games that they got you know, they they were past the point of getting a Luka Doncic or, a, you know, an Aiton or even a Trey Young or something. So, you know, they fell into Wendell Carter. Like, right now they've got a great young core with Carter and Markkinen. Markkinen misses the entire season. He makes his debut Saturday. So it's not a surprise that they suck this year. To me, it just feels like the Garpax are, like, using Hoiberg as a fall guy almost. Mm-hmm. Where, but, you know, like, it, yeah. it, maybe they bought into the hype, the offseason hype of like, oh, maybe the Bulls aren't that bad. Maybe they'll actually challenge for the eight seed because the East is just a disaster zone after the first, like, top five, top six teams. You're actually forgetting something that happened last season as well. Oh, boy. Remember when they signed Sean Kilpatrick to a <laughs> much higher than market value because they had to stay above the salary floor? Indeed. Kilpatrick's agent is Mark Bartlestein. Mm. Also, Jabari Parker's agent. <laughs> a man who uh, Gar has a very close relationship with. Right. You see where I'm going with this. Uh, it is yeah. that the level of nepotism and personal interest and personal feelings, whatever you want to call it, is by far prioritized than you know winning basketball, building a team the right way. Uh, John Paxson was at the presser you know, yesterday to explain about you know the fire of Hoiberg, and he also you know mentioned that Gar's job is safe and right. you know that he <laughs> that he has every ounce of faith in in the franchise yada yada yada. At this point, I would just like to give an advice to Bulls fans because I have a lot of Bulls fans in my mention when I mm-hmm. critique Gar Pax. Who sure. go, oh well, Gar Pax said this and that. Don't believe them. Yeah. Not not for a second. Look, right. I I have sources within the Bulls. I hear a lot of stuff that I have never told publicly. I'm not. I'm also not going to do it now. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that the way that they act internally um, towards other, you know, especially media members, mm-hmm. and the way that they just operate is 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 I can best describe it as toxic or rotten. Yeah, it is. Deeply, deeply flawed. You know some of the stuff that I've told you, you know, privately. Right. Um, so you can confirm that yes. <laughs> what I've told you is absolutely hor- horrific. Yeah. Um, they they have really no grasp anymore in terms of understanding how to run an NBA team. They have they they are dinosaurs. They don't understand how to 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 build a team up, and it's no coincidence that Paxson, who's been there since two thousand and three, is the is another long, just as long as uh, Ernie Grunfeld in Washington, another long-tenured GM, mm-hmm. where the ownership's primary interest is not basketball, but in a different sport. 
I think that right now Garpax is getting away with murder because the interest level of ownership lies primarily with the White Sox in baseball. Right. They view the Bulls as, well, you know, great profit margin team. Mm-hmm. That That's what matters. Winning? Eh. Oh, we locked into Michael Jordan and won six championships? That's great. I'll trade them all for a World Series, which <laughs> right. has been said. Yeah. It's an evil circle. So, my again, my advice to Bulls fans, don't don't listen to what management says. Right now, they are trying to bury Hoiberg in the, in the press. Like, right. they are overwhelmingly trying to bury him. Yeah. And it is ugly. And here's the thing. Hoiberg has not really... I don't even think he's been out there to say anything. He's been silent. Mm-hmm. You're burying a guy who hasn't attacked or responded to anything. Like, it's so low class... <laughs> Right. And here, here's a nugget as well. So Nick Riddell, um, you know, said that the Bulls internally, but back in, what was that, 2015 when they hired Fred, mm-hmm. believed that he was Steve Kerr 2.0. <laughs> but he also said something else that is entirely true. This was Gar's pick. Yeah. This was Gar Foreman's guy. You know, because Gar Foreman has ties with Iowa State. Obviously, that was the college where Fred coached for five years. Mm-hmm. So again, the nepotism angle. You know, and Gar hyped that entire organization up. This is Steve Kerr 2.0. Uh, some sources, you know, at Courtney's Gar and whatnot are like, no, we didn't do that. Yes, I heard that the minute it happened. Yes, mm-hmm. it absolutely happened. They have not been realistic in terms of their expectations. They haven't been realistic in terms of how to prepare a coach because if they wanted a 2.0 Steve Kerr, then they might need shooters <laughs> right. or, you know, high quality NBA players who can actually think on their feet, you know, high IQ players. Mm-hmm. Right now, the league is reportedly laughing at the Bulls and snickering about the Bulls. Yeah, that's not right now. That's been the case for at least three years. Right. I mean, I know a specific organization, which I'm not going to name, that have, you know, been out there in with with some people I know and told them, yeah, the Bulls, that's that's a mess. That's an absolute mess. It is, and it's not going to get any better. You know, yeah, okay. Results wise, it might be in terms of like wins and, and losses, but then they're going to find their way back to this area where they are right now again, somehow, some way. There is zero, zero accountability. At the top. None accountability for ownership. None accountability for guard packs. It's all about drowning the head coach. And if not the head coach, the players. Right. You have so many players, former Bulls, you know, around the league, who are privately saying, I never want to go back. Yeah. Even Derek Rose the other day actually alluded to the fact that, oh, I had to deal with, with the front office. Mm-hmm. Everyone seems to be dealing with the front office, and every time it happens, it's like, oh, it's not our fault. These were bad guys. Right. Yeah, I saw someone the other day mention, oh, you know who could really use, uh, you know who could really use Jimmy Butler in 2019 is Chicago. You know who has cap space yep. in 2019 is Chicago. Like, if you think Jimmy Butler, like, I'm not saying Jimmy Butler is a lock to reside in Philly. I'm saying Jimmy Butler is a lock not to go back to Chicago. There's yeah. no way. No. No, that is absolutely true. Um, a lot of players have been 
mistreated going out the door right. and have been thrown under the bus by by management in years mm-hmm. past. And they lack this understanding of looking internally or, or looking in the mirror and go, oh, maybe the problem is with us. Maybe we need to actually do something. Mm-hmm. The, it, again, it really boils down to, to accountability. Our, our friend of the podcast, Mark Karensoulis, like he he actually woke up in the middle of the night just by sheer coincidence. Yeah, I saw. Pro- I saw. Yeah, probably because he's an old man and has to go pee three times a night, which, you know, I can relate, brother. Yep. Um, yeah, we're at that age, right? <laughs> um, and, and just went on Twitter, as you do, and he didn't get back to bed at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was, And he went on a rampage about, you know, the lack of accountability. I mean, you should all go to MK, at MK Hoops. And just scroll down his feed. That was one angry Aussie last <laughs> night. Yeah. Um, and not because he's like a big Hoiberg fan. I think Mark actually represented a lot of people's feelings on this. I don't think a lot of people thought that Hoiberg was, you know, a, a special coach or a, even a good coach. Right. It's just that you need to give guys a chance to prove themselves. Right. Right. When. Did this team ever do right by Fred? Yeah, they gave him $25 million, but that's about it. They set him up to fail by constantly just bringing him the wrong pieces. Mm-hmm. You and I spoke at length during 20... What was that? Was that 2016? Yeah, 2016. When the Bulls signed Rondo and Wade, that mm-hmm. why not go after Seth Curry? Mm-hmm. Why not go after guys that would actually, you know, fit Jimmy Butler's game? Right. <laughs> Here's a thought. I mean, and and no, it's it doesn't work that way. It's about big names, jersey sales, ticket sales, marketing, mm-hmm. and then afterwards, it's oh well, we did everything right. It's the players or the coaches or whatever who did wrong. So we're standing here right now and swearing loyalty to our fans and talking down to them again because you don't realize that we were talking down to them, and. We're going to do this whole thing again, and when it goes sour, which it undoubtedly will, we're going to be right back here, and we're going to be talking down to you once more, because that's what, what who, that's who we are at this point. It's embarrassing, frankly. It, and, and I think it's fair now to say, officially, that the Bulls have become a worse-run organization than the Sacramento Kings <laughs> and the New York Knicks. It's funny you mentioned that because a friend of the podcast, Jeff Fairer, last night was tweeting like, you know, if you're a fan, you got to stay a fan even if your team sucks. Like, you know, if if it's a bad on-court product, like the definition of being a fan is like sticking through thick and thin. Like you can't just be there for the highs. You got to be there for the lows. But if it's a incompetently run organization – and it's been that way for a lot of years, you know. You, 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 listeners of the podcast, and you know, I have long advocated for a Kings fan amnesty where they mm-hmm. can bandwagon on whoever else they want because the organization is just run so poorly. And you know, even now, even though they're off to a pr- surprisingly good start, there's already like front office drama with like the assistant GM versus the head coach, and you know, there's a back channel like nonsense going right. on. So. That is threatening to undermine them at any point. And I was saying, like, yeah, you know, the Kings fans, they still have the lead in that race. But the Bulls, you're right. The Bulls are rapidly coming up, you know, on that. If you're I think they've passed them. Yeah, well, I actually think yeah. they've passed them. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because here's the thing. One one thing is that Vivek Ranadive 
you know, he's a, he's a somewhat new owner still. He hasn't been an owner for 30 plus years like, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf has. Right. And there is also the cultural element of him understanding, you know, we do things a certain way. Like, he came in proposing to play, you know, what was it, four-on-five basketball and all these things. Like, he's he's actually, to his credit, like, he's actually stayed a little bit, you know, out of the media in the last year or so. Like, trying at least to go, oh, attack this from a different approach. And I want to say that they're they're at least trying. The Bulls don't care anymore. Like, they have the, or the management don't care. Like, Gar Foreman and John Paxson have job security for life. They have no vested interest in doing anything. Mm-hmm. They just want to have, you know, their image as clean as it can get, which isn't very clean during these days. But mm-hmm. they just want to throw everyone else under the bus and say, well, you know what? We didn't do anything wrong. We're still here. At that point, it becomes negligent. I mean, it, it becomes, yeah. It, it it becomes people who represent a franchise fully aware that they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, just not doing their job. Mm-hmm. I think that's worse. I think Vladi and Vivek are trying to do their jobs. They just they just suck at doing that job. <laughs> right. I don't think Gar Foreman and John Paxson put in the work. And I have a very specific example to prove that, you know, that attack. Remember the worldwide search for a head coach. <laughs> right. So here's the thing. To those who don't know. Everyone knew Tom Thibodeau was, you know, a lame duck coach during his final season. Everyone mm-hmm. knew that he was going to be replaced by Horberg specifically. Horberg's name was popping up like over a year before the dismissal of Thibodeau. And it was just a waiting game. Which I always felt was just, that's not how you handle it. At all. That is just so mean to your coach. You don't do it that way at all. Everyone knew. And then they were asked a question, you know, management, and they said, oh, we're going to go on a worldwide search to find the best head coach. Mm-hmm. And then like a month later, Fred Horberg, who had been rumored all year long because of the Iowa State connection, was hired and introduced as head coach. It is such baloney. They keep feeding everyone with baloney. Yeah. They are lying through their teeth. They have no vested interest in going outside of their regular old habits. They are old and uncomfortable in everything they do. They are mean towards the press. They are mean towards their fans. They are I mean look John Paxson <laughs> tried choking a former coach in Vin Del Necro. I mean these are the type of people we're talking about. They're trash. They are absolute and utter trash. So that's my question. You know, looking ahead. Is there- the Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon. Yeah. That's Hugo tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart thank you progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates discounts not available in all states or situations is there any hope for the bulls you know paxton came out yesterday and say gar foreman's job is safe and they you know reinsdorf hasn't said anything about john paxton's job security but it seems like gar pax are not going anywhere is there any hope for the bulls digging out of this mess if those two guys remain in place no no, look, I 
absolutely love Wendell Carter, and you know how much I I was on him before the draft. There was always a part of me having you know grown up as a Bulls fan that were excited to see him with Chicago and to some extent, mm-hmm. but at the same time I all I also had that feeling of oh no, he deserves better. I had a, I had a, a couple of people in my mentions today about you know the the future of the Bulls and one I don't remember who I'm so sorry one one person asked me about uh, David Blatt. Hmm. With David Blatt, should David Blatt come in? And that's actually, on the surface, that's not a bad idea. David Blatt is a terrific coach. Mm-hmm. But I would hate it for Blatt. I think he deserves better. Yeah. And this is where I'm at at these these days. Yeah, like young guys, like the Bulls right now are in the, in the Sion, Williamson, Cam Reddish, RJ Barrett territory. Kind of want those guys to go a place where they're not going to get undermined. Where they can develop without having to bicker with, with management. I mean, I I don't anticipate Laurie Markin and Wendell Carter remaining Bulls because of that management. Mm-hmm. I am constantly sitting there thinking, you know what? At some point, they're gonna piss them off. They're gonna respond. Management is going to be so offended that a player, because that's a lower status type of entity, that. They're going to trade them and then afterwards throw them under a bus. Leak, have a lot of people leak out, oh, these were horrible teammates. Oh, they are, oh, they're they're so devious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, even looking like beyond the character issues with them, and Lowe touched upon this in his column too, they've just mismanaged this whole, you know, even looking like just isolating the past couple of years, like not even looking at the Rondo and Wade signings, which were dumb on principle, as you said, because mm. they were just going for big names and it didn't fit their coach, whatever. You know, just looking at this past summer, they have 20 plus million in cap space. They could have used that space to take on a bad contract to get additional draft compensation or get a young right. prospect in exchange. The Denver package. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Instead, they spend it on Jabari Parker. And they could, you know, they do it as he's from Chicago. He's a former number two pick. Like, he's still young. He still fits our developmental timeline. Wherein, you know, just looking at this roster, like, we, you know, we talked about this deal over the summer. And we're like, well, it's not a bad deal necessarily because it's only one year. Like, it's a completely low-risk deal. And, like, if he hits, it, I mean, that's a big win. But Mm -hmm. the odds of him hitting were so low. Just because, you know, look at it. Like, he would have to play the three. You have Carter and you have Markkinen. And you're not going to displace one of those guys to play Jabari Parker at the four, which is where he's best suited to play. And so, Portis. Right, and Portis. And Robin Lopez. Like, you have a you have a very crowded front court already. And, and Felicio, even though, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you have, you don't have minutes at the four or the five. Parker is best suited to play at the four. So you're going to force him to play down a position. You're, it's really just like this name brand thing. And, you know, I've been joking with you on the side about like, oh, the Bulls are definitely going to trade for Markel Fultz because, this, you know, that's that's their M.O. He was a number mm-hmm. one overall pick a year ago. He's still young. He could still fit our timeline. He could mesh with, you know, like maybe Dunn, Levine, and Markel Fultz. They're the backcourt of our future. I want to, like, it... 
you know, at this point, who knows what's going on with Markel Fultz. Well, he's he's not from Chicago, though. Right. I know. That's the, <laughs> that's the one saving grace, potentially. But, you know, it, it, it's just like these guys aren't running. They just don't. They haven't. They, they're like flipping their direction every year, and they aren't running the team like a smart rebuilding team should be. You know, like look at. I don't want to, like, fetishize Sam Hickey more than we already have, but even look at Sean Marks, you know? Like, Sean Marks inherited that Nets team a couple years ago as a rebuilding team. He knew for multiple years, like, we don't have draft picks. We're just going to be rebuilding. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get young talent. You know, I'm going to trade Thaddeus Young away, and I'm going to get the pick that became Karis LeVert. I'm going to try to – I'm going to trade Brooke Lopez, and I'm going to get D'Angelo Russell. It hasn't necessarily panned out the way he'd hoped, but – you know, like it's still th- that was the type of play you make. You trade away your veterans, and then you get good stuff in return. Like the Bulls kind of did that with Nico, but you know, did I they guess... though? Did they though? Because here's the thing: they also had to take on Omera Sheik's right, exactly. contract. Yeah, and that that wasn't it... for the twenty second pick in the draft. Right. Which, by the way, they made a promise to. Yes. They made a promise to Chandler Hutchinson. Like right. I, I, I don't mind Chandler. He's a, yeah. he's a, he's a good player, and he's from everything I've seen and heard, he's also a very fine human being. Mm-hmm. But you know, there were guys dropping on that draft board, right. and then because you made a promise, then you weren't able to go best player available necessarily. Right. Like everything they do is just so short sighted. <laughs> right. Exactly. It, and that's you know. Again, like disregarding their <laughs> contempt for their fan base, I-, I think you're right. Like they, they are just they treat Bulls fans like they're just dumb, and like dumb they kids, don't understand. Really. Yeah, and like you, they don't understand what's going on, which may have been the case twenty years ago before the right. internet and before like NBA Twitter and basketball blogging really took off. But NBA fans are really smart right now. You know, like I don't think NBA fans have ever been smarter than they are Agreed. in this era, just because there's so much more information out there, and it's so much easier to have smart people explain, like, hey, actually, if you're a bad team, you should rebuild for multiple years, or you should do X, Y, and Z to expedite this rebuilding process. You shouldn't just try to, like, tread water and BS your way to, like, a... 40 win team and an eight seed in the playoffs like there's no point in that and it just seems like the bulls aren't willing to do what it takes to get back to the level you know that they were in the i mean in the 90s obviously but even like with the tom Thibodeau teams at the turn of the decade like they lucked into a lot of their good success you know they they lucked into rose uh, yeah, they looked into Rose. They looked into Jordan. Like they, you know, mm-hmm. got Michael Jordan. You got the greatest player of all time at number three. You, that was a fluke, and it, it shouldn't have happened. But and then it, and then yeah. Scotty later on. Right, and then you're right. They lucked into Rose too. They had like the eighth or ninth best odds in that draft line. Ninth, one point seven percent chance, and then they kind of lucked into Butler as well. Like nobody thought he'd right. be that good. Right, right. So like, right now, again, you have Markinen and you have Wendell Carter, both of whom you know, are already looking like, oh, they're not, you know, I don't think they're the best players in their class necessarily, but they're good value picks at number seven, which right. is not easy to do. Like it's right. Upper know, tier. 
Yeah, right. Exactly. Like those guys, those guys are foundational pieces, and Levine is playing well. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he he's he has his concerns that, you know, he's never going to be a great defender and whatever. His efficiency is starting to fall back to earth after a really hot start, hard, eh, hot start to the season, but he's fine. Like, and he's not signed to like just an egregious like cap crippling contract like John Wall in three years. Right. So they have the foundation there. They just need a a like progressive smart front office to see them through and to like decide on a direction. But it just doesn't feel like Garpacks are the ones to do it. And if they, you know, if they're going to continue being wishy-washy and like next year they're going to you know, depending on where they, they're going to be in the lottery, obviously, depending mm-hmm. on where they land. Like maybe they say okay we we got our you know we have our talent now we're gonna start to push for the playoffs but like if they go in you know haven't they been setting up the 2019 summer as like this is when we strike in free agency i'm so glad you brought that up because that's another part free agency is always you know the one thing that they build themselves up to (laughs) right they keep getting burned but yet they learn nothing from it yeah because here's what happens like in 2006 you know they were going to make a splash and they did they signed the best free agent in the class ben wallace Mm -hmm. the problem was wallace was 32 years old right and he was on a decline like Mm -hmm. athletic decline skills decline like he was just not that same player obviously because when you're at that age and you've been playing undersized basketball for you know seven or eight years you will be worn down. But again, it was the name. Like there were so many available pieces that summer that would have fit the Bulls at that point in time better. You know, that was the Kirk Heinrich, uh, Ben Gordon, Dual Dang era. Like you had a stretch forward in Al Harrington mm-hmm. who would have fit seamlessly because, you know, <laughs> think about the shooting there. That would have been a new age team before it was really trendy. Like Kirk, Ben, and, and, Al, and, and Al Harrington just hitting threes on you. They just didn't go that route. They had one of the best defenses in the league and thought, what do we need? Oh, we need the reigning defensive player of the year. Why? (laughs) Right. There was just never any sense made out of this. And then afterwards, you know, later on in 2014, it was the mellow show. Remember, Mm -hmm. you know, it was all mellow. And then when they when they didn't get him, it was suddenly Paul Gasol who didn't fit anyone's timeline because at that point he was thirty four years old. Like he played great, and kudos to Paul for being like an All NBA player during his Bulls tenure. That's great, obviously. But what did it help them exactly? Like it didn't fit with the age group. It was just it was illogical all the way through. There's just there's no point. And later on, you found out. That the reason they went with Powell was because they oh so wanted him in 20, 2007, which was w- widely reported back then. But like they always had a hard on for for Powell, and then they finally saw their chance. And you know what pattern reemerged again? Dwayne Wade in twenty sixteen, a guy they also had a hard on in two thousand ten and two thousand three during the draft. Well, now we have a chance to get him. It doesn't matter that he's 34, 35 years old. Yeah. What are they doing? 
Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-sized prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clear. I mean, look they they've been they've been eyeing this summer of nineteen for free right. agency for years now. The thing they forgot is that other teams are also going to start eyeing this. Mm-hmm. Now they're competing with the Lakers, you know, the Clippers who are off to a great start this year. The Nets who are building something and actually have a great coach and a great front office. Players are like much like I said. Teams are smarter. Or fans are smarter than ever. Right. Players are smarter than ever. Oh, and yeah. they will understand. Like I, I would assume or I would hope when they're taking free agency decisions, and they're you know they're deciding between a couple teams, they're saying like, this team is built for success because they have a good coach and a good front office and they're aligned with the owner. And this team is going to be a tire fire forever because they have a they're going to fire their coach every three years and their front office doesn't know what it's doing. It switches directions all the time and they haven't built anything meaningful. I would assume, especially, you know, word gets around between players. Like I'm sure Jimmy Butler would happily tell any player considering the bulls. No dog go anywhere else. Yeah. So that has happened. I can tell you. Yeah. And so like, even if they are trying, they're angling to get this star free agent this summer. I've said it before, I'll say it again. There aren't that many star free agents this summer, and a lot of those guys are going to stay in place. Or they're not, like, the Bulls aren't going to be on their radar. Oh, you know what? This is an experiment time then. So imagine the Bulls going after, all right, let's say our boy, Chris Middleton. Okay. Who's a free agent. <laughs> Good luck. He, Yeah, I get it. But he, he'll be, you know, late 27 at that point. He, his birthday is in August. So he'll, right. j- just for reference sake, he'll be 28, mm-hmm. okay? Then in four years, after he resigns signs Milwaukee, like they, you know, they don't get Middleton. He stays in Milwaukee. He signs yep. a four-year deal. Yep. Then when he's 32, the Bulls will be like, oh, we liked you once. <laughs> we liked you four years ago. Oh, and you're 32 right now, and you're coming off a year where you're averaging 14 points, and your, your statistical profile has declined in recent years. Right. Twenty-five million a year. Here you yeah. go, go get him, big boy. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Like they're they're not they're not going to be in for Jimmy. They're not going to be in for Kyrie. He's presumably staying in Boston. Mm-hmm. KD's either staying in Golden State or going to New York. It seems like Kawhi is either going to stay in Toronto or go to one of the LA teams. Kemba, I I like why is Kemba Walker going to leave? The Hornets and go to the Bulls if the Bulls can't offer. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. You know, like they. What's their pitch to a top free agent? Come play with these nineteen and twenty and twenty-one and twenty-two year olds who are a couple years away. Like that's what pissed Jimmy Butler off about being in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Like Towns and Wiggins are still years away from being competitive. Like not everyone is a Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons who's like you just come into the NBA and you're ready to compete right away. That's very rare. So they they just don't have a competitive pitch so they've been spending you know this has been their strategy for years they've been building up to this moment and now this moment is here and they are 
screwed. Of course. They were always screwed, though. Yeah. They were always screwed. I mean, look, there was some buzz because Voge started that buzz that that players would look at the Bulls because, you know, the window could stay open for a while. Mm-hmm. And I uh, look, theoretically, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I even made a joke on this podcast about Kevin Durant because the Bulls needed a small forward, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there is there is logic in going to that team from a talent perspective and from, like, the window is open ta- perspective. But not from the perspective of, oh, I have to play ball with management. Mm. Like, it's at, actually, I think teams, not teams, sorry, players and agents, I think those those guys, when they sit together in the summer and going over teams... I think they're looking at each other in the eyes and go, well, the Bulls could offer you this. You would get a lot of minutes. You would get your the, the exact role you wanted, but you would have to deal with guard packs. <laughs> right. I think that's a major drawback. Yeah. That's where they are. I don't think they view themselves as an asset. I think it is the exact opposite. I think you know players who sign with the Bulls sign despite of guard packs. Right. Yeah, they're a liability more than an asset, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Look, I mean, and I'll tell you something else. You you actually touched on this um, some moments ago about, you know, how the team speaks down to, to you know, Bulls fans mm-hmm. and how the, the NBA fan has, has grown smarter. And so uh, a couple years back, I wrote an article saying that, you know, the media members of Chicago were usually stiffened in, in – um, you know, in press conferences, they would mm-hmm. ask a, a very good question and they would just get stiff completely on the answer. Like, it would just be a non-answer. Like, Gar would just snake his way through it. Right. And I tried to call him out in an article, which is long gone now because I wrote it for a site that no longer exists. And a writer reached out to me and told me, I can never say that. And I really appreciate you doing that. And I, w- and I can't say that because they will pull my credentials. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, when you're more concerned with image than you are with winning, you're not ever going to win. Like, you know what changes your image? Sustained winning. You know who has one right. of the best images in the league? The San Antonio Spurs. You know why? Because right. they've run a classy professional organization for 20 plus years. Where they do right by everyone. Right. Like, you just have to treat people with respect. It's Is that the golden rule? Just treat people like you want to be treated? Yep. The Bulls are have not followed that from the top down. And it's, no. it's led to this corrosion. I mean, the, just look at yeah. how they treated Tibbs. You know, like, we have oh, our the, issues with Thibodeau, but... You like, know what? He, I'm going to bring that up. I'm going to bring that press conference or, or the press release up. Hang on. Yeah. Oh, the one about them firing. Oh yeah. yeah I, I mean, because you just brought that up. I need. To, I need to find it. I need to. Oh abs- all yeah. Right. Yeah. That. Well, because I that's mean, the perfect example. They blamed. I know for Hoiberg, they said the team lacks like spirit and energy. Which again, mm-hmm. like, look at what. Did, how many injuries? Like Dunn's still out. They were missing marketed. Portis was out. Denzel Valentine's out. Like they're playing with eight guys right now, and four of them are NBA players. Mm. Here's Scar Foreman's quote in that press release. Okay, this when is Tom the, was, the Thibodeau one. The Thibodeau thing, yeah, yeah. yeah. When Tom was hired in 2010, he was right for our team and system at that time. And over the last five years, we have had some success with Tom as our head coach. 
some success <laughs> with our with, with Tom as our head coach. Yeah. There is no mentioning whatsoever about a playoff run, about him, you know, helping Derrick Rose become an MVP, about turning Joakim Noah into a defensive player of the year uh, winner, award winner. Right. Like there is no accolades were really brought up except for his record. That's it. It was the most unprofessional press release I have seen in professional sports. Let alone, I mean, not just basketball, professional sports. Just the way that it's told, it, it was written and it's just derogatory. Look, I'm not going to read the whole thing because I'm really going to be upset right now. Oh, screw it. Let's go for it. The Chicago Bulls chairman, Jerry Reinsdorf, said, The Chicago Bulls have a history of achieving great success on and off the court. These accomplishments have been possible because of an organizational culture where input from all parts of the organization has been welcomed and valued. There has been a willingness to participate in a free flow of information, and there's been clear and consistent goals. <laughs> Already there. That is basically saying, you know what, we're firing Tom because he didn't really communicate with us. Mm-hmm. Like, he's already trying to point out, hey, you know, he didn't do that. Remember, we're successful because of the things that he didn't do. Right. Right. <clears throat> While the head of each department of the organization must be free to make final decision regarding his department, there must be free and open inter- interdepartmental discussion and consideration of everyone's ideas and opinions. Again, much of the same. Mm-hmm. These internal discussions must not be considered an evasion of turf and must remain private. <laughs> And you know what that alludes to? The Jeff Van Gundy episode on TV during a nationally televised game where Jeff Van Gundy went ape on the Bulls management. Mm-hmm. Because they assumed, you know, Tom shared some things, you know, some frustration with Jeff Van Gundy because they used to work together. Like, everything in this press release just is just sour grapes yeah. and vitriol against the coach who helped them significantly in terms of rebuilding their brand it's embarrassing and then also i mean let's assume jim boylan is not the long-term answer i mean look like the bulls have a a lot of young talent and they you know they have a great fan base a great market so that should make the job very attractive but like i would assume the way they've treated their past few coaches will also loom large in the mind of you know top tier coach candidates like are they going to be able to lure the next Steve Kerr? Are they just going to be stuck with retreads? Like, is Mark Jackson going to be the best they can do? So you actually hit on something interesting, because I'll point something out to you. Vinny Del Negro was hired in 2008. Mm-hmm. Had zero coaching experience. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Tom Thibodeau was hired in 2010, having had no head coach experience. Mm Mm-hmm. Fred Hoiberg was hired with no NBA head coaching experience. Jim Borland, no NBA head coach experience. Mm. I think they are looking at, I or not looking at themselves, I think the word is out on the balls. Yeah. I don't think established coaches have an ounce of interest mm-hmm. in the balls. And I think they know that the only thing they can do is make themselves attractive to 
you know, coaches who haven't had the, their big break yet. Yeah. And go, you know what? There are only 30 slots open and we can offer you one of them. Mm-hmm. While not saying because we can't get anyone else. <laughs> oh, man. Well, on the bright side, Bulls fans, Joakim Noah just signed with the Grizzlies, so you can enjoy at least... Grit and grind! <laughs> you can enjoy the success of one of your former legends as your team spirals into nothingness. I, more, I mean, we, we've been just depressing Bulls fans for 40 minutes, and I, I don't want to... Want to go for 45? Well, I, I, <laughs> I was about to say, just don't look at your schedule for the rest of December. Because, like, I mean, I guess, actually, it's good, because... At this point, you just want a high pick, and well, to what end though? Let yeah. let me let me make it even more depressing. Yeah, well, that I was to gonna, what end? I was gonna ask if you have any, is there any reason for hope? Like if you're no. a Bulls fan right now, I no. mean, at least Markkanen and Carter, like that's something, right? Yeah, that look, they can turn into MVP candidates for all I know. Garpax will find a way to mess it up. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I have zero faith in that management. In that management, zero. They are going to find a way to either, you know, pick the wrong people to put next to those two. They are going to find a way to, you know, down the line, not wanting to pay both guys because let's not forget they're stingy as hell as well. It's just something is going to pop up. It always does. That's mm-hmm. the thing. It is the constant instability and you know constant drama remember back in the day when there were even rumors about them bugging some of the associate yeah, uh, the yeah, uh, the yeah. Uh, assistant coach's office yeah. like there's just there's constant drama around this team constant mm-hmm. and at no point does like a light bulb go off for everyone collectively and go oh you know what who's always involved right. garpax right and with job security, you know what? doesn't matter. Like, Laurie Markkinen can lead the league in scoring. Wendell Carter can be the next defensive player of the year. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They can get Sion Williamson or R.J. Barrett. They can, they can win the number one draft pick and, then, and get a stud. doesn't matter. It'll be fun for a few years. Then they'll find a way to blow it up again. Oh, man. Well, you're convincing me. Bulls fans may be, I think you're like one year away. From getting my King's fan amnesty. No, no, Brian, be kind. It's almost the holidays. Be <laughs> kind and give it to them now. Well, we'll see. Maybe it'll be my Christmas present to Bulls fans this year. I, that would you. be great. Yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. Well, <laughs> Bulls fans, I mean, hopefully you can at least enjoy dreaming of Zion Williamson or RJ Barrett or someone. I, I don't know. But, or you can go watch the Nuggets. They're fun. Yeah, just if you want. Hey, yeah, go. you're welcome oh, to bandwagon. Milwaukee. Milwaukee's a yeah. two-hour drive away, right? Or an hour and a half, something right. like that. It's, yeah, and Jabari Parker no longer plays for them, making them that much more oh my, enjoyable. That is, and, and, you know, the best player in the league for the next 10 years, maybe, is playing right down the road. Right, there is that. It's right there. Uh, yeah. Victor Oladipo uh, is, is is in Indiana. That's well, he's been hurt for a while, but yeah. Shh. Trying have, to make a sale here, Brian. <laughs> you have you have other options. You don't need to watch this team. Honestly, like that's probably what it's going to take, right? Like if you don't support the team financially, that's when they will make real changes. 
So if you really are serious, you know, if you're a Bulls fan out there and you're pissed about, you know, as you said, Mort, like, I don't think many Bulls fans thought Fred Hoiberg was, like, the answer. They don't think he's Greg Popovich 2.0. But if you're pissed about just the direction of this team and you think it starts with Garpax, as many Bulls fans rightfully seem to do, Stop supporting the team. Don't buy tickets. Don't watch their games. Don't buy jerseys or anything for Christmas. Like, don't give them money, and then they'll realize they need to make a change. But if you keep oh, supporting Bruce them... Bruce is going to be so disappointed. <laughs> well, if you have kids, you you can make an exception. But All right, because he desperately wants a market in Jersey. Yeah, that yeah. that's fair. Well, that's, But your point is well taken. Right? right? Like, that's, that's what will change their minds. That's what happened with the Sixers. Like, after a while, they, you know, there were no fans going to those games for three years, and finally they caved. That's what it takes. Well, I actually, actually, so here's the thing with the Sixers, right? I think the Sixers did something that is very respectable, and I didn't realize it at first, and I'll admit that all mm-hmm. the way through. They came out and said, we're going to lose. Yeah. We are going to be bad. And at the time, I just didn't comprehend what they were trying to do. So I was actually very anti-Sixers during that point because, oh, that's not that's not very sports-like, whatever. Right. But you know what? Looking at the alternatives of just yeah. the political BS, writers getting beat down, fans being spoken down to like their children, mm-hmm. I would desperately prefer Sam Hinkie standing in front of me going, you know what? I'm just going to level with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that's what Sixers fans liked about him was like that was I mean that was the complaint about the Sixers it, what Bulls fans are feeling right now about Garpax is what Sixers fans felt in 2011 and 2012 it was like this team has not had a direction since Allen Iverson left just pick a damn lane and stick to it then they were like okay we're just gonna lose for three years yeah <laughs> buckle up enjoy enjoy the G League parade and we did hey, man Worked out. I know. Right now, you're starting Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and Jimmy Butler. Worked out. Exactly. And I'm not saying that's the answer for everyone. I mean, we'll see, especially now that they've revised the lottery odds, we'll see how that affects tanking moving forward. It's going to be really interesting over the next couple of years. But I think you do need to pick a lane regardless. If you are rebuilding, commit to rebuilding. Trade away your veterans. Get more picks. Get young players. Don't half-ass it with this Dwayne Wade, Rajon Rondo, Jabari Parker stuff. Like, you have to consider team fit. This is just not a progressive 21st century front office. They haven't been running themselves like it. Maybe they can evolve. Maybe they'll finally realize the error in their ways. Maybe they'll, like, because I've seen, you know, a lot of times it seems like when the Bulls make a bad move, or like when they fire a coach or something, their PR spin works. And it's like, yeah, Tom Thibodeau was the problem. Yeah, Fred Hoiberg's yeah. the problem. yeah. This time, it seems like Zach Lowe called out Garpax. Ken mm-hmm. Berger's whole column was like, Garpax, this is it. It's their fault. They're terrible. Yep. So, like, now maybe they will finally start feeling the heat. And now maybe Reinsdorf finally is like, oh, wait. <laughs> I can't just pay attention to baseball. Well, no. And here's <laughs> why. Jerry Krause was on his – like, he was just – he was on a GM decline, if you can call it that. Mm-hmm. And he was just waiting, or he wasn't waiting, but like Kraus actually had to just retire because of health issues. Mm-hmm. And just like say, you know what, I can't do it anymore. Reinsdorf is going to see this thing out. Oof. I mean, 
John Paxton is going to be a Chicago Bull executive until the day that he doesn't want to anymore. Mm-hmm. There's there's no doubt in my mind. We can look. I agree with you that that should be the way that it hits it handled, but there is no doubt in my mind that whatever happens, regardless of how many billboards, media pressure, whatever. Ryan Surf is going to look at that project market and going, are we still making about $50 million a year? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. John, you're doing fine. <laughs> oh, boy. Well. On I, that note. <laughs> yeah. I, I genuinely don't know what to say, except I'm sorry, Bulls fans. I I hope it gets better for you. You guys are you guys are great. Like, you guys deserve better than this. And I, really, I just think. All, all you need to do is continue to point the, point the finger where it deserves to be pointed and hope that change comes eventually. Or just hire a Colangelo. <laughs> or hire a Colangelo. Here's what I'm looking forward to, though. And I, he, I, I haven't seen a link out, so I don't know if he's written anything yet. Uh-huh. But if he hasn't, look, I am just waiting for Ricky O'Donnell to write a piece on SB Nation about guard packs. Yeah. Because Ricky is one of the best at bringing the fire. And I usually feel so much better inside whenever I read one of his takedown pieces. Yeah, They're wonderful. They're a true <laughs> yeah. treat. Yeah. So everyone should go read Ricky. I think uh, I know he and Jay, Jason Pat recorded a podcast yesterday because I saw some quotes coming out from that. That was just pure fire. I don't know if he's written a piece <laughs> yet. But yeah, I mean... There are some. I know those guys, and as you said, Mark Karanzoulis also had some fire yesterday. There, there are some very angry Bulls fans with good takes coming out. So, don't worry. Rest assured, you if you want them, you can find them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, Bulls fans. It, I, I've been here. It sucks. It, it hopefully will get better. But, ugh. Uh, any final thoughts, Mort? Uh, not really, Brian. I'm just letting you know that I may or may not replace you with Mark Deeks in that hosting chair. Sure. So, you know, not good. Of course, I'm going to go on a worldwide search beforehand. So I'm not really sure if it's going to be Mark Deeks, but in particular, mm-hmm. Mark Deeks. So, you know, it's just such a, yeah, just trying <laughs> to illustrate a point here, right? Yeah. Success. Successful. Success. Successful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't have anything. Other, you know, I, I will say this though. I actually will end on a positive note because okay. good, please. Do. Yes, and that is, I appreciate how many Bulls fans in recent years have turned the page. Mm. You know, there, there. I mean, I said earlier that there are a lot of Bulls fans who are still, you know, see red crowd and yeah. all that thing, right? Yeah. But there are a lot of people who have interacted with me over the past ten years or so who are just extreme Garpax fans mm-hmm. who slowly but surely have realized, oh, you know what, I actually feel spoken down to and I really feel that the way that they're speaking to me is is really childish and, and, and the way that they're actually doing their business is really not attractive to me or to anyone else. Mm-hmm. So I, I just want to say to those guys, good on you for looking at it in a more realistic point of view Yeah. instead of just buying all that bs because that's what they're feeding you it's bs all the way through that is true well on that note 
Godspeed, Bulls fans. You can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check that, them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Tapork, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. Take care, man. Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer... This might be your new favorite. They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons' frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip iced cap. Limited time at participating restaurants. Are you tired of not earning anything on your hard-earned money? Your path to more money starts with a certificate from Pathways Financial Credit Union. Right now, earn a 2.68% annual percentage yield on a 60-month certificate with a minimum balance of just $500. Great rates like this have helped make Pathways the fastest-growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years. Earn more on your money. Stop by any convenient location or check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Pathways is federally insured by the NCUA.